0: The Tennis Gambling Podcast and the Sports Game Podcast. is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has just added Pick'em Scorchers. So you can win 100 times your money. That's right. Turn $5 into $500 with just one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away $100,000. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus up to $500. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit HOFBets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Plus, NBA action is back and so is the NBA Gambling Podcast. To celebrate, we're giving away an NBA Gambling Podcast hoodie. Head over to sportsgampockets.com slash NBA dog for all the details. everybody to the tennis gambling podcast here on the sports game podcast network it's currently early saturday morning october 28th and i'm your host as always scott rochelle Once again, going solo for this pod. Should be a bit of a short episode. Only four matches to talk about. We have the two semifinal matches in Basel and the two semifinal matches in Vienna. So we're going to preview all all four of those contests. Before we continue that, though, have to recap what happened last episode, both with our Lock and Dog picks, as well as our quarter picks. Starting off with the Lock and Dog, had a great episode, ended up sweeping. For the Lock, we laid a decent amount of juice, though. We had Fritz to win in straight sets against Purcell at minus 158. Not easy, as Fritz did win both sets via tie break, and we ended up getting there. Fritz was not particularly good, but he was good enough, and that's all that matters. And for the dog, ended up having Gojo to win, to win against Karatsev at even money. That was never in doubt. It was a great spot to fade Karatsev following a deep run in Japan, which resulted in him losing to Shelton in the final. We know Karatsev's a volatile personality, and we thought that he would basically no-show the event, and he did, as he got buried Uh, pretty easily uh, by Gojo. So nice winner there. So once again, nice sweep. And hopefully that carries over into this podcast. But I said, before we get into any of the matches have to actually talk about the quarter plays and overall, we had a very good week for quarters. So starting off with Basil, we only got one of the four, right? However, We did have Rune to win the quarter at plus 333, and that ended up being a very nice payout for us. So that basically made us money for the rest of the quarter bets in Basel. And then for Vienna, ended up getting three out of four right. It was complete chalk. So in hindsight, I should have probably backed Sitsipas at a plus money price, but I had too many concerns about his current form and the injury he was overcoming. But Sitsipas had a pretty... Interesting run. uh We did have Gojo to make a run there, and he lost two city Pass in the quarterfinals. So you could have hedged, but either way, Gojo gave him a run for his money, but he was not good enough, which would have been a very nice plus price. But still, point is, medvedev we had, Rublev we had a two to one, and we also had Sinner as a favorite. So got three out of four right, including a two to one shot in Vienna, and we went one for four with Rune at plus three thirty three. So we made it a decent profit for the quarters, and hopefully it carries over into the outrights for the uh, rest of the tournament, but now, we're going to get into the four matches don't have any news to talk about, so we're going to just start off with Vienna. Vienna is going to be starting its first match at around 8 a.m. Eastern, while Basel starting at 9 a.m. Eastern, so for that reason, we're going to go with Vienna first, and we have a bit of a doozy, because we have Medvedev taking on Pass and these guys have history, and they really don't like each other, so Medvedev is the favorite obviously at about minus two ninety-six. city pause is plus two forty-six for the spread. Minus three and a half for Medvedev is even money. City pause plus three and a half is minus one twenty. Over under in games is minus one ten on both sides for 22 and a half. And if you want to go for the set wagering, City Pause to win a set is minus 125. Medvedev to win in straight sets is minus 105. Match to go three sets is a plus 160. So for the actual head-to-head, they faced off 12 times in their careers, and Medvedev is 8-4. and four. Now, Medvedev was owning Paz a couple years ago, and then Paz kind of found a groove, starting off in Roland Garros as he was able to beat Medvedev in the quarters. Then they then they ended up playing in the Australian Open semis in 2022. Medvedev won that one in four. Then Paz ended up beating Medvedev in Cincinnati in three, and he beat... Uh, Medvedev in the group stage of the Nitto ATP Finals last year, and he won that one in three, and then Medvedev ended up beating him on clay in the Rome semis 7-5, 7-5 this year. So, the point is, Sitsipas has not exactly been good against Medvedev in their careers, but he has been better lately, as he has won two of the last three and three of the last five. So, I do think Sitsipas can make this match interesting. Medvedev has been winning, but he's not exactly been dominant. He looked very good in the first match against Philz, with the exception of hitting a spectator in the face and almost getting disqualified, but Mevedev has been fine. Dimitrov gave him a run for his money, as Dimitrov ended up winning the first set, and then Mevedev came back and won 6-2, 6-4. Then, they faced, then he faced off against Kishanov, and he won the first set 6-3, lost second set 6-3, and then won the third set 6-3. So Mevedev has been good, but not dominant, as he has dropped sets in each of the last two matches. Sitsipas ended up going a pretty... Uh, through a pretty interesting path because he only dropped one set, but every set's been competitive. Faced off against Team, I said in the last episode, I thought Team was pretty live to make that match interesting, and it was. Boss did win 7-6-6-4, but those were two competitive sets. Then faced off against Makic, and that was a very competitive match, which he could have lost as he won 7-5 in the third. Then he beat Gojo 7-6-7-5. So the point is both guys have looked fine so far in this event. I do think for the sake of the value I think Medvedev at minus 300 is a bit too high for me. I know that he is the better player, and he has done well in the overall head-to-head, but laying minus 300 with a guy that has dropped sets in each of the last two matches does have me a bit concerned. Is he going to beat Tsitsipas? Probably. Do I want to lay 300? No. I think that Tsitsipas has value at this current price. I don't mind the over, per se. I think you might see three sets because of how... I'd say underwhelming Mevidev has been in various sets throughout the tournament, and Paz has been good for the most part at holding serve, which should pay dividends if he can continue to do that against Medvedev. But I think my main lean for this match would be Sitsipas plus three and a half games. I just think that line's a bit large for minus 120, and I do think that it's a pretty good value play because of it. I also like the over. I think that, once again, there's a lot of familiarity with these players and each of the last two hardcore matches, which Paz did win, ended up going to three sets. So I do think if you want to also include the Australian Open, they did split each of the first two sets there, too. So you have seen a decent amount of longer matches between these players, and I think this match should follow a similar script. I'm going to link to the over, and I am going to go with the Sitsipas plus three and a half games. You know, I don't like Sitsipas a lot as a player, and you know that I personally think he's never going to win a Grand Slam. But I do think this spot is a pretty good one. For a pretty large dog, when Medvedev as a favorite has not looked overly dominant in his matches, he's been good enough. But he has had some lapses, and I do think Paz can capitalize on occasion into this match because of it. And moving on to the next match in Vienna, you have another fun one between Sinner and Rublev. Now, Sinner's a favorite of minus 185. Rublev is plus 165 for the spread. Sinner is minus 2.5, minus 106. Rublev plus 2.5 is minus 114. Over-under is 23 flat, minus 107 to the over, minus 113 to the under. You can get 22 at minus 155 on the over and plus 125 to the under. If you want to go for sets, Sinner uh, to win in straight sets is available at plus 145. Rublev to win a set is minus 175. And the match to go 2 three sets is plus 140. Now, for the head-to-head, Sinner has been good in the head-to-head as he's currently up 3-2. to two. However, he's really up 3-1 because they faced off in Vienna in 2020, and you ended up seeing Sinner retire after three games. So it's really 3-1 based on completed matches. In fact, both the losses that Sinner has against Rublev, he retired. They faced off in the French Open back in 2022, and Sinner actually won the first set 6-1, lost the next set the next set 6-4, and then retired. So in completed matches, Sinner's actually 3-0 against Rublev. So keep that in mind. They have one match this year. It was on hard court, and Sinner ended up burying Rublev in Miami 6-2, 6-4. Now, for the actual path of both players, Rublev had a bit of a war. In the quarters, rightfully so, against Zverev, we thought that would be a competitive match going in, uh, with that being the matchup we projected for the quarterfinals. And Rublev got it done. He won the first set easily, 6-1. Then the second set in a tie break and won the third set, 6-3. Did beat Arnaldi, 7-5-6-3, and beat Papyron 7-6-6-4. As for Sinner, he has just been actively curb-stomping people. So Sinner ended up beating Shelton, 7-6-7-5, which was a nice... Little revenge of uh, revenge match there after losing in Shanghai in three to Shelton. So he got the job done there, a uh, decent amount of games, but still buried Sonigo 6'2", 6'4", and then beat Tiafo 6'3", 6'4. Tiafo looks good on paper and for the win, but Tiafo was, it was a miracle he was even there because Tiafo ended up having to face off against Munphy, and that went three, but Munphy was off of a title win the week prior, and the main reason why Tiafoe was lucky was that he was getting buried by Evans, and Evans got injured. So Tiafoe won via retirement. So once again, that is a good win on paper, but Tiafo's form has been abysmal, so I have to at least bring it up. Now, Sinner on in indoor hard courts is very, very good, and I do think you're looking at a spot where Sinner deserves to be the favorite. The question is, do I really think that he's going to bury Rublev? I'm not sure he's going to bury him, but I do think there's value on Sinner to win in straight sets at plus 145. I like the price. I think 145 is a good deal. I know Rublev has been good for the most part, but facing off against Zverev can be tiring. And I do think that Sinner, with him having a much easier match in the quarterfinals, might be the more rested guy in the spot. To go through the actual time on court, Rublev and, and uh, Zverev's match ended up going two hours and 30, so they were on a court for a decent amount of time. I think Sinner's gotten a firepower to match Rublev and then some. You can make an argument that these serves are going to be the really important element or battle of this match, because both guys have pretty good serves that can go a little bit off course on occasion, and you might end up seeing a couple of breaks decide the entire match. But I think for this one, I am going to go with the value play, which I think is on Sinner straight sets at plus 145. It's a good deal. I think Sinner is the better hardcore player. I know Rublev's a good hardcore player. We saw him in a Masters 1000 final a couple weeks ago where he ended up losing to her catch. But I still think Sinner is a guy with more upside. And we know Rublev emotionally can self-destruct at times. He's pretty good at maintaining his level. But we know that he's going to yell a lot. And I do think that facing off against Sinner is going to really test Rublev's patience and just his overall calm uh, or his overall demeanor over the course of these of these uh, sets, and I think he's going to fail. So I'm going to go with center to win in straight sets for the value at plus 145. Now, moving on to Basil, you have... A pretty interesting matchup between Umber and Hercatch. Umber's quietly had a pretty good couple months, and I want to give him a shout-out for that, but Hercatch, we know, won a Masters 1000 title, and he's been cruising. So Hercatch is minus 183 on the money line. Uh, Umber is plus 158. As for the over-under in games, 23.5. The over is minus 107. The under is minus 113. As for the actual uh, set wagering, Hercatch minus 1.5 is plus 155, and Umber uh, plus 1.5 sets uh, I don't know if I said that wrong, but her catch minus minus one-half sets is plus 155. Umber plus one-half sets is minus 185. Match to go three sets is plus 120. So they faced off one time in their careers, faced off on grass, actually, in Hala back in 2022, and you ended up seeing her catch win that one in straight sets. Now, does that matter? Not at all. It's on grass. It was a year ago. It means nothing. Now, Umber, once again, has been solid uh, over the last couple of uh, weeks or even a month and change at this point. And he has had a pretty stressful run because he beat Giron in the first round in a final set tiebreaker, beat Jari 7-6-7-6 and then beat Stricker. Stricker did have the home uh, court advantage there another kind of heartbreaker there for the quarter bets we had stricker uh to win the quarter at a good price and he lost in the quarters as well uh but the point is umber got the job done one in three as for her catch he ended up going three sets against greekspor which he won uh ended up going up against struff one six one six four went up against lachovic and he ended up winning that one seven six six three now the real story of this match is going to be her catch's serve because he has been serving like an absolute madman for the last couple of weeks. And it's why he ended up winning the master's 1000 title. I'm going to read off the stats that he had against Greek Spore. And these stats sound just absolutely wild, but I got to at least acknowledge the fact that her catch is one of the best servers on tour and you can argue he might be the best at this point. Like, I'm trying to think of other elite servers on tour. Kyrios won AWOL, so I'm not going to count him because he's still recovering. opelka uh, has been injured the entire year, so I'm not going to count him. Isner retired. Of course, Karlovic retired. Not many elite servers left on tour, but Hercatch is one of them. He's just a very, very good server, and I want to give him credit where credit's due. Uh, but to look at the actual matches that Hercatch was in, uh, recently, I'll go through the stats with Greek Spore, and I'll go from there. So looking at the last match he played against Greek Spore on Friday, uh, just pulling up these stats quickly. So looking at his actual serve numbers, uh, I'm going to warn you right now, it is something crazy. So hercatch had 23 aces and zero double faults. He won 83% of his first serve points, won 62% of his second serve points, and, of course, he was not broken in the entire match. So, once again, 23 aces to zero double faults is absolutely disgusting. And to go through the the stats against Stroof, we know Stroof is a larger guy in terms of length. Didn't help him because Hercatch had 11 aces, zero double faults, and he won 75% of the first serve points, 60% of the second serve points. The point is he's been serving like crazy, and I do think that's going to help him a lot in this match. I'm going with her catch. I think you're going to see a breaker in this one. Unfortunately, though, the actual over/under is at 23 and a half, so the breaker doesn't really help. I don't mind her catch over for 13 games. I wish I could find 12 and a half for a team total, but I can't. I guess the value would be on her catch straight sets at plus 155. Uh, just hoping that he holds on to win a breaker, and Umber is not going to be able to break him because his serving is just next level at this point. And Umber, we know, is a pretty unique player with uh, him being a lefty and his overall just style of play. But I do think his serve is a lot more vulnerable. Pretty good serve, but I do question how the second serve is going to hold up. And her Catch isn't a great returner, but I think he's good enough to break through at least once in this match. And I do think that her Catch might not get broken the entire way through. So I'm going to go with Herkatch to get the job done, minus one and a half sets at plus 155 for the value. And last but not least, we have one of the weirder Uh, semi-finals, because I think nobody really expected this to happen. I picked Rune to make it to the semis, but I was not expecting Felix to make it at plus 120. So it seems like early on, uh, Rune was going to lose because he was down a set to Kikmanovic, and he was able to get back, and he has really kind of thrived ever since. Did have a pretty difficult match against Echeverri in the quarters, but he got it done. I do want to point out, though, that it does seem like very early on, I guess Becker has helped him because Rune actually won a couple matches and he stole a shot at a title. Felix being here is kind of a shock, and he did fight off a ma- uh, match point against Shevchenko in the quarterfinals. I would say he's lucky that Fritz got upset, but truth is, Fritz has been terrible. So I'm not sure if it would have mattered. But the point is, Felix has been playing better. And we, d- we did see some flashes in the last event he was in as he was able to win two matches in Tokyo. Doesn't sound like much, but still the point is he did win a couple matches. Beat uh, Reddy in the first round, ended up beating Dzan Schulp in the second round, ended up beating uh, Shevchenko in the third round after fighting off a match point. Now, in the head-to-head, Rune is up 2-1. to one. They did face off, uh, just pulling it up here. They faced off in Beijing earlier this year, and you ended up seeing Rune win 6-4, 6-4. Faced off in Paris last year, and Rune won that one 64 and they faced off in Basel, to so this exact event in the final last year, and Felix did win 6 So the point is that you are going to be getting a bit of a revenge angle here for Rune, because Rune can't avenge the loss that he had in the title last year, and Rune eventually avenged it in the semis of Paris, but still, the point is, I do think Rune and Felix are still very unpredictable players, because we know how streaky they can be I will give Rune props for making it this far and for cashing the plus 333 bet for us. Doesn't mean I feel great laying 150 with him. And it also doesn't mean I feel great getting plus 120 on Felix the other way. So the only way I can look at this match is the over. I think that you're looking at what should be a competitive match. I like the over two and a half sets. You can find that at around... Uh, I see plus 110, plus 120, give or take. I think that's going to be your best option. I think when you're looking at how this match should play out, it should be a very, very competitive match where each player has really had moments where they, I don't want to say forget how to play, but the point is they have dips in their overall performance. And to go through the actual path, I mentioned a second ago, uh, Felix did not have an easy match against Shevchenko, went three sets, and he did fight off a match point. As for Rune, he went to three sets in two of the first three matches as he ended up beating Kekmanovic after dropping the first set and ended up beating Echeverry in a tiebreaker in the final set. So for me, the over is the only way I can look at this. I don't trust either player, so I'm just going to go with the over and call it a day. So that's going to wrap it up for the actual match previews. Now it's time for the Lock and Dog Picks, but before any of that kind of a quick word from our sponsor. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. Underdog has just introduced scorchers. Go five for five and pick them scorchers and enjoy a spicy 100x payout. And for a limited time offer, Underdog is extending the first deposit bonus up to $500. $100,000 Sundays continue on Underdog Fantasy. Ten lucky players will win 10k. Each So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up, remember to use the promo code SGPN. Underdog will double your first deposit up to $500. It's Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGPN. The NBA is back, and to celebrate, we're giving away an NBA Gambling Podcast hoodie. Head over to SportsGamePodcast.com NBA Dog to, to submit a screenshot of you playing NBA Underdog using our promo code SGPN. And one random winner will get an NBA Gambling Podcast hoodie. Just go to SportsGamePodcast.com NBA Dog. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NBA, NFL, MLB, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. So stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50 percent off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished previewing the four semifinal matches taking place on Saturday, two in Vienna and two in Basel. Now it's time for the actual lock and dog picks. Starting off with the lock, I am going to go back to the first match we talked about between Tsitsipas and Medvedev. I am gonna go with the over at 22 and a half games at minus 110. Simply put, I think Medvedev's the better player, but he has not been dominant in this event and he has been dropping some sets. Sisypause has been winning, and he's been having a lot of long sets, so I can see a breaker taking place. I want to also point out that each of the last, uh, let me just do the math quickly. Uh one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh each of the last eight matches between these two players have had at least one set with 12-plus games. So the point is you are expecting at least one set between these two to have either a 7-5 or a 7-6 conclusion, not to mention the fact that you're looking at what could be a three-set affair since Medvedev has been dropping sets left and right. I think because of that, 22.5 is too low for a number. I'm not saying Tsitsipas is going to win, but I think he's going to make it interesting, and I do think that Medvedev might do what he always does, which is eventually wear down Pass, but it's going to take some time, and I think that you might end up seeing a three-set affair because of it, or you get what we saw in the last couple matches, which is a potential 7-6 or a 7-5 set, and that carries over into the match going over. But simply put, 22.5 is a bit too low for me, and I am going to go with the over because of it as my lock. For my dog, I am going to go back to the last match we talked about between Rune and Felix. I'm going to go with the over. Uh, two and a half sets at plus 130. That's available on BetMGM. Simply put, I think both guys are extremely volatile, and I do think that you're going to see a very competitive match. Rune has gone to three sets in two of the first three, and Felix has also gone to three sets in this event. So I do think you're looking at what could be a very, very competitive match. Both guys had marathons in the quarter, so fatigue might be an issue. Maybe you'll see a player go up a set, go down a break early, and he punts it trying to save energy. But simply put, I think looking at two players who have had really bad, well, Felix had a really bad year. Rune's had a bad couple months. But I think you're looking at a desperation factor between both players, which should result in a pretty even battle. Give me the over, two and a half sets of plus 130 as my dog. So once again, the lock for the show is going to be on Poss and Medvedev over, 22 and a half games of minus 110. And my dog will be on Rune and Felix over two and a half sets at plus plus one thirty. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Find me again on Twitter at Show radio. Find me on a bunch of podcasts on the network. Find me on the NBA show, the MLB show, the NFL show. I get the point. And of course, we're back once again for the final in Basel and in Vienna until then, uh, until then though, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye everyone.